The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Probably my favourite takeaway is the chipper. You just can't beat it. And great news for West Waterford this weekend when Anne Chips has been voted the best chipper in Ireland at the prestigious 2023 Takeaway Awards. They're actually multi-award winners from the night and the owner of Anne Chips, Eunice Power, joins me on the Sunday Grill this morning to tell us more in, in full celebration mode this week, Eunice. Absolutely, Orla. Thank you for having me on. No problem and at all. Yes, Congratulations. A, thank you. It's just been a fantastic week to us. It's been such a boost. And, you know, it's we're not a, I suppose, traditional chipper. Mm-hmm. And when you go to the takeaway wards, you feel you're competing against the more traditional long-standing chippers. So it's really good to see and chips. Um, you know, pulling its own weight up there. We're delighted. Now, tell us about yourself, Eunice, because people will know you, of course, as a chef on lots of different television pro um, shows. You're a you have a catering business as well, don't you? How how did you? Yeah. When did you decide to open a chipper, and and why? A takeaway. Okay, so a takeaway. Sorry, now, a take, uh, okay. no takeaway. Well, chipper. Yeah, I don't yeah. mind what you call it as long as you come in. Okay. Um, <laughs> so basically, we. Um, I've been self-employed probably for about 25 years and a catering company and we cater for weddings all over the country, um, different kind of gigs. We were the um, caterers in Three Arena for over five years. Let's go up and down to Three Arena and I was thinking, you know, we sh- I should really do something in Dungarvan. Mm, because that's a because, long you know, the food... drive from Dungarvan to the Three Arena in Dublin. Yeah, it is. And it was just, you know, it was just kind of something that we got into. And But I have been thinking for a long time. And actually, I always sort of was held back a little bit. I held myself back. Um, in that, you know, God, what if it's not good enough or if I, if I don't know enough about it. Because it's a whole different kind of business compared to... The, um, compared to what I do, which is more sort of um, haute cuisine and fine dining. So we opened. So then I spotted a premises on the quay that was coming up for sale. Um, it was coming up for rent, actually. And eventually we got planning permission. And we bought uh, we, we, we bought it and got planning permission and we opened on chips. And that whole process took about, I suppose, about two years to get it open. And we opened on Good Friday in 2019. So we're literally only open four years this Easter. Uh, so we had, um, so what I, my dream was that people could come to Dungarvan, sit out in the quay and have fish and chips by the water. And I also wanted to have an offering that was really good quality, but really affordable. So, for example, mom and dad and three kids can come down to and chips, have lovely tea or they can have their lunch or, you know, whatever, um, and a glass of wine for 50 euros. And I, so I wanted something that showcased what we had, the lovely ingredients that we have in Dungarvan and County Waterford um, and to have it at an affordable price. Okay. And like a great idea, because I suppose when people think of you, they do think, like you said, about that higher cuisine. So it is nice to, like, would you call the takeaway a, a middle ground almost? Because even when I said the word chipper, it does have different connotations, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it is a middle ground, so to speak. Yes. And actually, the reason I called it and chips was that everybody's going to be really clear as to what it was. And what's your favourite word to add on to the and chips? What do you have with your chips that you love the best in and chips? 
Well, actually, it really depends. I mean, last weekend, place and chips oh, was lovely. really good. Mm. Um, a lot of people would think scampi and chips mm. were really well known for a scampi. I love a bit of seafood, scampi. Medley and chips, mm-hmm. bacon and chips, haddock and chips, ling and chips, burger and chips, fish burger and chips, chicken burger and chips, chicken wings and chips. <laughs> so we have, you can have everything with chips. Um, but we specialize, we, I suppose, in fish. Mm-hmm. We uh, And it was really what's what's in the market, you know, what, what we can get each week. So, for example, we had place. So, place is a real sign of spring coming in, of the okay. water warming up a little bit earlier than usual, I think, this year. And, uh, yeah, so we so we, we get whatever market fish we have. And then we have kind of derivatives of the fish and chips. You know, we have things like, um, we have our fish taco, which is gorgeous, mm. really nice fish burger. And then, um, we have, and other than that, we have a very simple menu. So, our taco fries are really popular. Um, cheesy garlic chips, curry chips, and then we have two burgers, a chicken burger and a beef burger, and um, and then what else? Oh, you have Korean chicken wings, oh, and wow. that's it, really. It's a yeah. very, very simple menu. Mm-hmm. It's a tiny little shop. Um, everything we make, we make from scratch. So our fish is literally dipped in flour, dipped in butter, dipped in deep fryer. You know, that's how fresh it is. Mm-hmm. Nothing is pre-made. Our burgers are cooked to order. I'm really proud of our ingredients. Our potatoes are grown by Colin Ryan in Ballinacorty, which is a really big thing. We also won the overall chip award, which was huge. Yes, the championship. Championship. So traditionally, chips, chipping potatoes came from the UK. And when we opened, first of all, you know, we really played around different potatoes. And uh, Colin had started to grow chipping potatoes at that point, the Mars Pipers. So it's really all come together in the last two years. And so we're delighted to be able to you know, on St. Patrick's Day, you see the potatoes going into the ground and uh, and then, you know, a couple of months later, we have them. And then obviously the stores, the potatoes for the winter time. Um, our bread, all, all our bread comes from um, Walsh's Bakery in Waterford. Our blas, our beef burgers are served in blas. Our chicken fillet burgers are served, served in buttermilk buns. You know, we're just really proud of our local ingredients. And, and it goes on and on. You know, our, our veggies Lovely. are grown locally in winter, in summertime and in wintertime. Um, Connor Lannan keeps us supplied with the best of what we can get locally. Mm. And you know, it must be lovely as well, especially from like all the traveling, like you said, you were doing. I know, like, I'm from County Wexford and I know what my favorite chipper is in North Wexford. I know what my favorite chipper is in South Wexford. And it almost becomes part of the community, doesn't it? Oh, completely. Yeah. And, you know, it's this award has really, um, we felt very much kind of embraced by the community. We've had so many congratulations, but also like Anchips wouldn't survive without the people of Dungarvan supporting Anchips and believing in it. Because whilst, you know, it's lovely in the summer in Dungarvan, the three or four months, but the rest of the year has to be looked after as well. And, you know, our local customers are absolutely brilliant to us. They're really good. And, and they're great with your feedback as well. You know, that was lovely. Thanks a million. Um, one of our staff was uh, got, an, uh, you know, a little notification or a little recognition recently from Chamber of Commerce. And people were so generous about it. You know, we're, we're lucky in Dungarvan that our community supports good food. Exactly. Such a, such a foodie destination, Dungarvan. And tell me this before I let you go, Eunice. You've told me what your favourite... Uh, place and chips is at the moment but do you have a particular sauce of choice when you're having your chips I actually love Bernays mayonnaise oh very fancy um, 
Yeah, it's just like a, a tarragon mayonnaise. It's absolutely gorgeous. I love that. And actually, Orla, before I go, can I mention our Festival of, of course, Food yeah. taking place? So I'm the director of the Festival of Food this year in Dungarvan. We have an amazing festival line, a festival lineup. Our um, launch is on next Thursday, the 2nd of, 2nd of March. I can't believe it's March already. Mm-hmm, and... Um, we our festivals from the 14th to the 16th of April, and we have over 70 events. Wow. And we'll have the biggest market on Sunday. Uh, it's probably one of the biggest markets in the country. Mm-hmm. And our festival is one of the largest community-based festivals in Ireland. So you've changed the date over the last two years. Have you, Eunice, for the West Warsford Festival of Food? Oh, we have, because at this time last year, we were all in lockdown. Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we literally, so it was always the weekend after Easter, but mm-hmm. last year we moved to June because ah, of COVID. So you're back in and then, again, are you? So we're back. Yeah, we're back where we started off 14 years ago. Imagine. Okay. I know. Time flies. It really does. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. it has become such a food destination, Dungarvan, hence the West Washford Festival of Food, but also the best takeaway in Ireland, according to the 2023 Takeaway Awards, is Anne Chips. Eunice Power is the owner of it. And you can follow Anne Chips on Instagram on all their socials if you just search for Anne Chips. Eunice, thank you so much for talking to me this morning. Even though it's early on a Sunday morning, all I can think about is chips now. So thanks for that. OK, Orla, we look forward to seeing you in Dungarvan soon. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, there was lots of celebrations for a Wexford business this week. Cobblers Lane have been nominated for a guaranteed Irish award. It's a really interesting concept. It's a slow fashion ladies wear brand and it's founded by Monica Walsh. She's been nominated in the fashion designer category and that award ceremony takes place on March the 14th. And Monica's on the phone to tell us more. You're very welcome to the Sunday Grill. Hi, thank you very much for having me. So tell us about Cobbler's Lane. I, I, I love the idea of this. Maybe let's start with saying how this idea came to get together. Are, are you someone who did fashion in college? How did it all start? Uh, yeah, so I guess I grew up in a very creative house. Uh, growing up, my mom made all of our clothes for special occasions. And sometimes people are a little bit terrified when they hear that. But it was like the nice stuff. Like we always were so excited when she would make us something. So give us an example. Um, what did she make you? Uh, well, she made my communion dresses, wow. like she made all of our communion dresses and then all of the outfits that went with my siblings' communions. Um, so no matter, it was always the height of fashion at the time. Looking back now, some of the things were like my communion dress had like, it was very similar to like um, Princess Diana's wedding okay. dress. There was like <laughs> huge puff sleeves, there was roses, there was flowers. She was influenced. Like, <laughs> absolutely like and I loved it at the time and looking back I'm like actually I kind of like still like those puff sleeves but yeah it was there was a lot going on and what else would she make then um yeah just pretty much everything and anything like she she was just great so you know like for communions like Mm. when my sisters were having their confirmation or communion you'd have to have like your special outfits so just lovely dresses and jumpsuits and no matter what, like um, graduation dresses. So she, yeah, she's just, she's amazing. Like, so I grew up watching her all the mm. time and then it got to a point where I would like design what I wanted her to make me. Oh, nice. And then and then she came to a point where she said, that's it. You have to figure out how to make this stuff by yourself. I'm not doing it for you anymore. Um, so she taught me how to sew um, and it just sparked, like I just became obsessed with it. Like it's all I wanted to do. I'd come home in the evenings and I'd just be like, crazy for like trying to design something and get it made 
Um, so then I studied interior design. I was a little bit afraid of the fashion industry. I thought, mm. oh, it's so hard to get a job. Maybe I'll go down something a little bit more stable and I'll do interior design. But the whole time I was there, I was always thinking about fashion. So I went back then and I did apparel design. Um, so I studied that. And then I started off making just bespoke pieces for my family and friends. Um, and it came to a point where I just like, the burning desire to like have my own brand I just couldn't like take it anymore I just had to go and do it mm-hmm. so I took the leap of faith I, I quit my job and I just like went the whole hog and just jumped straight into it so that was back in December 2019 okay and, and we know yeah, what happened so then yeah that's it well yeah so it was it's a bit interesting so I launched my first collection in March of 2020 about a week before we went into a lockdown okay so it was it was interesting timing but also I don't think it was the worst either because there was this great um support for Irish design at that time and like there was people just really getting behind small businesses so I think it was maybe good and bad I know there wasn't the occasions for people to be going out and wearing clothes uh, but there was like great support for for Irish business, so and it, we, it we had, had hope, didn't we? I seem to remember buying a ball gown in like April of 2020, thinking I'd be heading to an awards ceremony months later. We, so we all had hope at that stage. Yeah. As well. <laughs> so that's how and Cobblers Lane began. And is there a, a is there a reason behind your name? Um. Yeah. So where I live is called Cobblers Lane. Okay. Um. So at the time, actually, I was living in Canada when I kind of came up with the the idea of have maybe having my own brand. So it was like this, I felt like this feeling of nostalgia for like picking something. And I didn't realize I was going to be back maybe a year later um, living down here. So it kind of all came full circle for me. <laughs> so you're working from a studio in Cobbler's Lane. Um, yes. And you describe your fashion as slow fashion. How 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 would you explain what that is? Uh, yeah, so slow fashion is really, it's the direct opposite to fast fashion, which is really damaging to the environment and focuses on churning out vast quantities of clothing. Um, so slow fashion is about taking time to create carefully considered collections that are timeless and they focus on quality craftsmanship and longevity of your clothes. Uh, so slow fashion, it doesn't follow trends. It's all about creating pieces that will be more in season after season and then you can pass off to your sister or your grandkids in years to come so that's where like what slow fashion really is all about and are they one-offs that you're making or just small batches of everything uh yeah so i make everything in small batches and so i have really make everything in small quantities because then i think it makes it more special as well so you know when you walk down the street you're not going to be faced with someone else wearing the same dress yeah, th- that is never a good thing, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what website they've been to. Um, yes, exactly. And then what inspires you, Monica? Um, I suppose my biggest inspiration is just the desire to create beautiful clothing that women feel confident wearing. Uh, we all, You know that feeling when you put on an outfit and you just feel good? You like stand up mm-hmm. a little bit straighter, you're strutting down the street. So I was, for me, I just really wanted to create clothing that would give women that confidence. Um, so I love color and print, and those are a huge part of my designs um, because I just want to create like fashion that is fun. And like it's I just find that fashion is a great way of like expressing your personality and it kind of can help you give a little pep in your step um, if you're not feeling great on the day. Like if you put on a nice, colorful dress, then you just start to like feel it just a little bit better. 
And there's something a bit timeless about your dresses as well. There's something other era about them in a way. That's it. Yeah, I'm really, um, I'm really inspired by the 60s and the 70s as well. Um, so I love like the colours and the prints and then the silhouettes, like just the classic silhouette that um, it'll just you can wear it season after season so I'm really inspired by that and I've oh I love looking back at my mom's um old outfits I like go through the the attic and have a look at things they don't all fit me but I would wish they did like she has some great pieces from from back in the, in her heyday Fab. and do you have any favorite pieces from your own collection oh that's... <laughs> something that you wear a lot. <laughs> Is there something that you would pick out or do pick out from your line? Yeah. Um, well, I I tend to want everything, I suppose. I don't always get to have something, keep everything for myself because everything is quite limited. And um, the North Star dress is one that I've just been wearing um, continuously all winter long. It's just a really nice versatile piece that you can wear with tights or without. Um, so I've been getting a lot of wear out of that one as well. Lovely. Um, and as we said, you are nominated for a guaranteed Irish award, um, which is exciting. It takes place on March 14th and you are in the category for fashion designer. Um, are awards important? Does it get your name out there? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's always good. Like it's always very exciting to be nominated for anything, really. So, um, yeah, it is a great way of like getting your name out. It's also a nice occasion to go to an award ceremony and have something to get dressed up for. Um, so I'm very excited, excited for that. And I presume you'll be uh, wearing one of your own designs on the night. Yes, of course. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't made any decisions just yet, but. I have some things mulling around in my head that I, I, I try and pull out for myself. Well, you've lots of options there. Just gorgeous stuff. And I have to say as well, our very own Jade Marr from Beat News is, is your model for your latest collection. So if people go on to cobblerslane.com, they'll see Jade there in your just gorgeous stuff uh, and such an array of things. Gorgeous jumpsuit as well that you have too in your collection. Uh, well, actually, that is a two-piece. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's um, that's a top and um, on bottom, which makes it a little bit more versatile. Yes. So then you can wear your top for with jeans or something, and you can wear that those trousers with, with so many different options. Good stuff, and you don't have the awfulness of trying to go to the bathroom with a jumpsuit on as well, which is always great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't have yeah. that. Well, listen, congratulations on the award nomination. You will find out, as we said, in March. But there's also a fashion show as well, isn't there? Yes, that's right. Um, the Art Fashion Show, which is taking place on March 2nd at the RDS. Lovely. There's still limited availability for tickets, but get in quick. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be an array of Irish designers at it showcasing new collections. So it's going to be a really exciting, fun event. Good stuff. Well, if you want to get more details on what Monica does, cobblerslane.com is the website. And Monica, congratulations on everything. That is Monica Walsh. She's based, her studio is based in County Wexford. A hard one to describe towards Tintern Abbey. Is that where you are? Yes, yeah. So just outside the village of Balakalan. And can so. people come to your studio then and... Uh, yes, by appointment, they, okay. they can come and stop in, yeah. Okay, good stuff. So that website again, cobblerslane.com if you want more details on Monica's brand and if you want to make an appointment as well. Thank you so much for talking to me this morning. Thank you so much. It was lovely chatting. 
for Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It is a Sunday morning. It is Beat 102-103 and you are listening to the Sunday Grill. And let's talk to a County Wexford woman who's setting out to make her community and other communities a little brighter. You might have heard Connor from B27 and Ennis Gorthy on the Mindful Minute during the week on Beat News. He was talking about how they got involved with Pay It With A Positive. Lisa Callaghan is behind Pay It With A Positive and she joins me this morning to tell us more. You're very welcome, Lisa. Hi, Orla. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. This is an idea that's kind of grown legs, hasn't it? I know. I can't believe two years on, it's still getting the publicity, it's still getting mentioned. And to be honest, I didn't expect it, but it's great to see. And the aim was hopefully that other communities would kind of look at it, take, like, you know, go from there and maybe introduce it into their areas as well, into their coffee shops and around. And they've done just that, More haven't than they? Just and yes. it's gone into the UK even, hasn't it? I have seen, yeah, I have heard and kind of seen stuff that it is in certain coffee shops over there too. That's amazing. So explain it. Explain, play it with a positive. Okay, so it was in the hard times of COVID and um, myself and my daughter were home. I suppose a lot of people at the time were just going out for walks. There was a lot of negativity. There was a lot of doom and gloom. I noticed even with my own child, she was quite anxious. So I just thought, let's do something positive rather than focusing on COVID. Let's focus on something else. So we sat down and we decided that we would approach Connor in B27 and ask him if he'd be interested in taking in a board. So basically we left in the board with some smiley faces on it and just said that if you were buying a coffee, you could buy two or even a bun or anything at all you could Mm. buy and pay for another one and leave a positive quote on the board so that if I had said to him, if a nurse comes in after doing a long shift in COVID or a homeless person comes in or someone just that looks like they're having a bad day, that they could maybe use the post-it to pay for their coffee. So that would actually be free. It'd be pay- already paid for So the uh, post is the receipt, really, to say this post-it yes, that is already the paid coffee for. or whatever you want it to be worth. Yeah, yeah. So we left the board into B27 and it said, if you fall on hard times or just feeling low, take a cup, a pick-me-up, enjoy it, it's paid for, all thanks to a caring stranger. And a parent actually contacted me to say that her son absolutely loved going in and that, you know, it completely distracted him from everything that was going on as well. He used to love going in kind of once, twice a week and putting a note on the board. And it could be just like a simple a simple note saying hope or enjoy, have a nice day. And then there was other ones after every storm, there's a rainbow, better days are coming. Loads of little positive quotes just to try and take it away from the negative kind of doom and gloom on. that was around during yeah. COVID. And then when it came to people actually taking the receipt or the post-it and using it, how how was that reaction? Because I'm sure it's quite hard to say, oh, I'm going to take one of these free coffees. Yeah, but I had said to Connor and the staff, like, you know, they're there. And I know a lot of people don't like taking them, but just say to the people they're there and they kind of kept an eye out for it. You know, even if a nurse came in after a hard shift or I, I remember even it led also to us doing a massive collection for the Women's Refuge for Christmas. Brilliant. And there was a fireman at the time. He made a really decent donation and we were able to go out and buy all care stuff because, you know, a man, he didn't want to be going in and buying toiletries and stuff for women. So he gave a donation and then obviously we were able to get stuff. But even people in the community done a big collection. Um, I work in a local school. A lot of the staff done a big collection. So we had a lot of toiletries, um, nice things just to be able to do up care packages for the Women's Refuge that Christmas like Christmas boxes. Brilliant. And like we heard so much about community initiatives like this throughout COVID. It's so lovely to hear that it's still going on. 
Yeah, and thankfully that's still going. And I know it's also in um, B27 in Bunclody as well. Okay. And hopefully it'll... And if there is any other coffee shops out there that's doing it, get in touch um, on the Instagram page and the Facebook page. We just kind of put up quotes, anything positive, no negativity, just positive. <laughs> and are you All still positivity. going in there and writing your post-its with positive quotes? Are you letting other people do it now? Or do you like going in? Uh, yeah, whenever I go in, I'd leave a post-it or it's mainly up to the public as well. Like mm. a lot of them know about it. So anyone at all that goes in, if they have an extra bit of change or any cash on them, if they just feel like paying for another coffee and brightening up someone else's day. Lovely. And has it helped even, you know, in your outlook and your family's outlook? Did it, does it give you a good feeling when you were doing stuff like this? Oh, we were so, and especially for my daughter, because she was young at the, like she was two years younger at the time mm. and her dad was overseas. So it was just such a focus. And like, obviously all her family were saying, it was such a nice idea. So many people got in contact. Even my sister-in-law in England contacted me as soon as she seen it on social media, said it's such a nice idea. And I said, don't be afraid to do it in England, like spread it around over there. It's not mm-hmm. just for Wexford or Enniscorthy. It's for wherever anyone wants to help. And how did you and come up with it? it's just doing something this? nice. I was, I'm just a real, I, I like positive quotes okay. and that time it was just the, the COVID and just being at home all the time. And I knew like everyone was just, a coffee was a big thing at the time, like meeting friends for a coffee, sitting in the car, letting down the window, mm. uh, people out walking. It's really just, easy to forget that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought, wouldn't it be great for people that are just struggling or real? And I know a lot of people were out work at the time, like people were, it was hard times for people. And I just thought I, it wasn't a massive thing, but it was just a nice thing to do. Yeah. And I just thought it'd be nice for, for people to get involved and just keep it going. And it's great to see two years on that still going. Oh, it's brilliant. Every time see. I go in and see the little quotes and you'd know sometimes it's kids handwriting. I just think it's lovely. Oh, it's something cute. positive. And for the kids as well, like, yeah. Lovely. <laughs> well, as we said, it's in B27, which is in Enniscorthy, where the bus stop is. Isn't yeah. that right? Yeah, and uh, Bunclody as well. And their shop in Bunclody as well. And we hear um, information that a coffee shop in the UK has adopted it too. And am I right in saying it's in Waterford as well? Yeah, Connor has a drive-thru in Waterford as well. So I think it's there too, yeah. Okay, good stuff. If you want to get more details on it and see some of those lovely inspirational quotes, probably the Instagram page with a positive is the best place to go, is it Lisa? Pay with a positive on Facebook or Instagram. And just again, it's not just for adults. Like if there's kids in there, they can leave a little positive quote or even just a smiley face. Some kids were just leaving smiley faces. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, there is a photo of yeah. some of those posters up there. Things from there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah. you're never fully dressed without a smile, which is so true mm-hmm. that Instagram and Facebook pages are pay with a positive if you want to check And even out. now more than ever, it's so important just to oh, try really and keep is. things positive and especially for yeah. kids. There's such worrying times, you know, with earthquakes, war going on. Mm-hmm. For, it's for everybody. It's just to try and keep positive. It's yeah. such and hard really times. to see that people do care, don't they? And to look out for people that need, you know, even if mm-hmm. someone comes in and you, you sense they're having a bad day. Mm-hmm. It's just nice to cheer someone up. Lovely. Such a lovely idea, Lisa. Well done to you oh, and your you, daughter as well, who both started yeah. her off. It is Pay with a Positive. And you can also follow B27 as well, who are in Enniscorthy, Bunclody and Washford as well, you say. Yeah, and any co- like you don't need like any coffee shop can set it up. All they mm. need is a board, the post-its and a quote. Like it doesn't need much maintenance or anything. It's just there and it's just for the customers to support it and keep it going for everyone else. Lovely. Easy and important. Thank you so much, Lisa. Yes.
Thank you so much, Arla. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's the weekend. You are listening to Beat 102-103 and this is the Sunday Grill. And this is the time where once a month we put the world to right. It is. That was the month that was and this month is... February. You knew that. Jolene from Beat News is here, as is Michelle. Good morning. From Good, morning. Good morning. Putting the world right seems like a lot of pressure. Yeah. Right? Well, you, you do it well. I, me, not so much. <laughs> okay, we've lots of things to talk about. I've been making notes in the notes section of my phone all month and I had to take so many of them off. So we're not going to talk about Harry at the Grammys. We're not going to talk about Sam Smith. But where we are in, in a way, we have lots of other stuff to chat about. And let's start with Madonna and her face, which was the cause for discussion earlier this month after her Grammy appearance. She introduced Kim Petras and Sam Smith, as you know, at the Grammys. But her face just got so much more attention than the fact she was introducing the first trans woman to perform at the Grammys. This is this is so nuanced. It's, you know, I follow an ex-supermodel called Paulina Petrova and she discusses a lot about the fact that she's in her 50s mm-hmm. now and, you know, she's almost lauded for looking so well in her 50s and then there's almost a step too far mm-hmm. and that whole conversation of women of a certain age mm-hmm. and how they're expected to yeah. look and Madonna does not look like she, how we expect her to look. When she came out from all the backlash from the following the performance um, her face being swollen people saying things like she looked like a monster they didn't know who it was wow. they said awful things about mm. her she said it herself that p- women past the age of 45 aren't allowed to age the way that they want to mm-hmm. that it's an ageism thing too that no matter what you do past the age of 45 whether you get work or don't you're going to be judged. Totally. Yeah, I think it is like it honestly incenses me uh-huh. to be, this discussion because it's like you can't win. Mm-hmm. So you're in this culture where that celebrates youth and your looks are your currency um, and you're almost encouraged, like you said, when you hit 40 or so. Even people in their 20s now are getting Botox mm-hmm. Um And you're trying to align with this culture that expects you to have this fresh faced look. And then when you do it in such a way that is no longer palatable, you are punished for it. So why are we attacking women when they get it done, when they don't get it done, Mm -hmm. when they get it done, but we don't like it? Um, I don't see any man being put under the same level of scrutiny. I don't see us all giving out about what Simon Cowell has done to his face, Mm -hmm. you know. And what I like about Madonna is that she is being transparent about the work that she has done. And I feel that that's more important than anything in this because I'm so fed up of, even in our office here, people will look at these celebrities and say, God, doesn't she look great? You know, like I had to try and convince two of our colleagues here that JLo has 100% had work done oh. because they believed that she just she naturally wore, and more has good genes. Factor. Yeah. And I don't think it's fair that mm. we have women at whatever age looking in these magazines and thinking, God, doesn't she look great for 50? And they're not being a disclaimer to say Mm -hmm. none of this is achievable Mm -hmm. from diet and exercise Mm -hmm. alone. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you mentioned Sam Smith because they are being body shamed for essentially their body changing Mm -hmm. with age. They Mm -hmm. don't no longer look like a 20 year old because they're not a 20 year old anymore um, and they have a different body and they're being attacked for that. And yet Madonna is you know, I suppose adhering to that culture that's saying, please look a certain way for us and being attacked for it anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's like you can't win. 
I love the fact that I look back at when I turned 18 like you said or when I turned 25 or 30 and you look back and think God I wish I was 18 again or when you turn 32 you're like God when I was 30 I thought I was so old and I wish I was turning 30 again remember that movie 13 going on 30 Uh at the age of 13 I never aspired to being 30 but I aspired to you know living on my own having my own job making popcorn in the evening Mm. if I was allowed to and Mm -hmm. that 30 you know it's something that it's to be proud of to be able to stand on your own two feet no matter what you look like that's just my two cents <laughs> yeah I never wanted to be 30 I just wanted no. to be 19 for some weird reason but also that looking back that makes me a bit sad that it takes us looking back to realise why we you know we have it good at those ages yeah. instead of thinking we'll also have it good at 17 I just try to 50. say to people you know you're beautiful as you are now mm-hmm. and in 10 years time you will look back at where you were now mm-hmm. and say God I wish I looked like that That's funny I know Okay let's move on and let's talk Paul Meskel who in the Independent in the UK the headline was Paul Meskel wows fans with his fluent Irish interview Now Michelle you used to <laughs> present to oh, say, yeah. tell us the title of Gwilga. Music de Downig Music de Downig yeah. I always had to get her to pronounce it because <laughs> it I I'm not confident when it comes to my Irish yeah. speaking. And I don't think Paul Meskell himself would say that he was a fluent Irish speaker in this, as The Independent says. Let's have a quick listen to how he sounded at the BAFTAs last weekend. It's a broner, Master Gaelic. Like, the, like, Vishanisfa, Drasselmeyer Vonskull, on Gaelic, Gaelic, like, it's really made my chest to social true Gaelic. It brought me back to a few years ago when I went to one of the Aran Islands and okay. they would always say Speak Irish. We love you speaking Irish. Yeah. Um, people coming over and trying out their Irish. I just did not have the confidence for it. And I know if I'd started, I probably would have what continued. It's the fact that he had the confidence. Yeah. Like it's leaving cert Irish <laughs> and I could understand one or two words. And, oh, God, he's great. Yeah. Well, he did say, it a go. he does say in that, I don't know if you understood it, that yeah. he went to an Irish yeah. uh, primary school and he did his junior cert through Irish. Mm. So he does have more familiarity with Irish. And of course, maybe the then. Donegal Irish was hard for oh my God, him as well at the start. That, that reminded me of the tape when it comes on and it'll be like, <laughs> is Michelle Claire off doing an aisle? On row two. And you're like, on row? What the hell? But... I think it's wonderful in the sense that it's encouraging people to see practising Irish as something that's fashionable or cool, whatever you want to call it. It makes it less embarrassing to practise your Irish. And even Carrie Crowley is saying that after on Colin Q and people are coming up to her and saying things in Irish that she and she had no idea that they had some Irish. So it's, I think, to be able to just try use a few words yeah. is wonderful you know and and people have been very divided as well and saying do we really need to speak this language that we aren't necessarily going to be using in a European country but you know no one knows the joy of sitting on a train in America and talking about how gorgeous the fellow exactly. across oh, you is Oscar it was my Erasmus <laughs> language that is what I owe my Irish to I had secret conversations about everyone with mm-hmm. my flatmate who we wanted Gnesach. to shift Gnesach our fad Nimat Lamoncali in, you know, just ideal. So. And on my J1, I worked for Greenpeace. I used to have to go door to door and try and sell membership to Greenpeace in California. And I, if I saw like a cladda on a doorknob or something like that, my favourite term was, you know, it's terrible what's happening. I can't say the word in English. I only know it in Irish. <laughs> 
And imagine if they asked me, I would be against this is the thing. Gunesok. It's Gunesok. Gunesok. It's like, romantic now. Speaking of Gunesok. No, it is. Good point. It's more sexy as well because it is Paul Meskel has said Irish on such a large platform that yeah. it's picked up in the States and Europe and, you know, UK. They put Irish on the platform again and they have made it Gunesok yeah, from which Paul is great. I'm just going to take this opportunity to say I do have a podcast for Beat that is, it's adult content. It's about relationships, but it's some of it in the Irish language. So you can listen to that too if you want to try and And of course our very own Jess Martin or Jess Nee Martin as, as we know. Is that how I'm pronouncing it, Michelle? Yeah. Now here's my lack of confidence Jess Nee Martin. But you, you know, know I'm you. not a Gwail girl. Like I didn't I know when I ask you to spell things go in Irish to an Irish school and my family mm. don't speak Irish. Um, I just try to use it if I can. So you are the Paul Meskel Don't question yourself. Yeah. Just, um, you know, have enjoy yeah. throwing okay. out those words. Thanks, Paul. That's great. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to Bambi. Now, uh, do you know what? Out of all the conversations, this is the one that I feel really hit a nerve this month. And that it was... hit a nerve? Yeah. Molly May and uh, the new baby Bambi. Yeah. So, no, not hit a nerve with me now. <laughs> But just people seem to think they have such a right to judge mm-hmm. and comment yeah. on what people call their kids. And also the whole idea of whatever you name your kid does have certain connotations about mm-hmm. the class of person you are um, and yeah. perhaps your ethnicity. Wasn't there know? a Katie Hopkins clip where she says that she would judge someone yes. for the name that, of their child? You know, yeah. if their child had a name like India or Savannah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it raised certain mm-hmm. eyebrows with her. Mm. Mm. So imagine how she feels about Bambi. About Bambi. But poor mm. old Bambi, like, didn't she put up a post on Instagram where she was holding Bambi and had the little tag in a pig like for for if you're going to represent let's say you know what the name is like for the mother or you know standing from the outside looking in Bambi is a cute name she obviously dotes on the child she loves Mm -hmm. her so much and is there anything really wrong with the name Bambi it's one of the most loved characters in Disney let's put that aside but it also means a young girl in Italian Um, it's a diminutive of the word Bambina it means pink in Arabic it's not just about a movie I have a funny feeling Molly May wasn't Mm. thinking of those things and Tommy Mm. when they announced that their child was called Bambi but she they had she had over 4,000 comments on her Instagram and she had to turn those comments off so you know she's just had a baby and people are so divided on the name Do you know what I want to throw a spanner in the works here on this <laughs> discussion and say I cannot believe that we get up in arms about these name choices when what we should really be discussing or getting upset about is having to call having to give your child your husband's last name Yes You know um, if only we put the you same energy well, no, you don't have to, but mm. it's considered uh, norm. normal mm-hmm. and it is almost encouraged from a legal point of view mm-hmm. because if the mother has a different name to the children, it can raise difficulties when it comes to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in schools, children with double barrel names, it's considered too difficult and they just yeah. stick with the one name. I even you know? watched something during the week, uh, pop, probably Real Housewives. In fact, it was Real Housewives. And one of the women was divorced and the question was, is your name now mm. still Ashley Darby after your ex-husband? She said, yeah, I have two kids. So I'm keeping his name because their name is Darby as well. So I know a woman who like had a divorce and did not want to get married again to her new partner, Mm -hmm. but did it anyway so that she could have the same name as her children. Yeah. So So many layers. I know someone who had gotten married to somebody and didn't take his last name, but she kept his last name in the workspace and like that making hotel bookings Mm -hmm. or, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that, that she said her last name was, for example, Murphy, but her husband's name was O'Connor, that she called herself, you know, Jolene O'Connor or whatever. But actually, she was still legally Murphy, her original name. Wow. Mm. 
Just from I what people think. like mm. to think if I'm going to carry that baby, she having my name. Now, I have a child who has her father's name and Hannah Rappel would not sit for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I understand work. that choice. <laughs> you know, you know the McFadden worked better. So, but yeah, I yeah. am Orla Rappel forever, yeah. no matter what. You know, cool. and proud of it. And proud of it. Listen, Jolene Murphy forever. Michelle Hefferman forever. <laughs> Orla Rappel forever. If you change your names, what's I'm your Irish? Judging. What's your Irish name? Orla Rappel. <laughs> Orla, Orla Rappel. Let's do Orla Nick Rula, like Ool for oh, Apple okay. with an or. Okay. We make that up. Nick yeah, Rula. yeah, cool. I like What's it. What's your one? Uh, Jolie Nivorku. Okay, Heffernan. Michelle Nivornon. Oh right, is the knee because you're it's oh, your daughter, daughter of yeah. daughter of? Okay, so I'm Orla <laughs> Nirula. Yeah, made up by Orla Rappel. Thank you so much. I will talk to you in March, where I'm sure there'll be so much more going on. I'm sure we'll have some Paddy's Day content to look back on. That was Jolie Nivorku from Beat News and Michelle Nivornon from Beat at Work. Thank the Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's a Sunday. It is Beat 102-103 and let's talk movies and in fact two movies this week that Brian has gone to see with, for us. Two very different ones as well. We're talking Puss in Boots and Knock at Cabin an adventure film versus an apocalyptic psychological horror. Which one's which though? That's which the question. Which one is which? <laughs> that is the question. Something for everyone really and both from really big hitters in the film world as well. Let's get the horror out of the way because you know how I feel about horror and talk Knock at Cabin written and directed by M. Nye Shalmalan, the man who brought us movies like Sixth Sense and The Village Knock at Cabin is about a family of three having a holiday at a remote cabin. They're suddenly held hostage by four strangers who demand, listen to this one, that they sacrifice one of their own to avert the apocalypse. I hate when that happens. Do you know what? This, sometimes I think, how did someone come up? You know when you have the little epiphany in the middle of the night? I've never had the, oh, that, could cause, that could be an apocalypse. Based on a book. Well, that person. So it wasn't him. So yeah. yeah. Okay. It's going through it, I'd say. <laughs> well, we have a listen to a clip and then you can tell us what you thought. I have to say, listen to watch this clip. Won't be going to see this. Terrified me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Hi there. Can I talk to you for a little bit? You have to come inside right now. There were four of them. What do we say? You shouldn't make things up when we're talking about... Can you open the door, please? They're breaking in! Fuck you, baby. We're not here to hurt you. But you have to stay here in the cabin with us. Families throughout history have been chosen to make this decision. Your family must choose to willingly sacrifice one of the three of you to prevent the apocalypse. We're not sacrificing anyone. For every no you give us, hundreds of thousands of people are going to die. That is Knock at Cabin and I really like stuff by M. Night Shyamalan. I really liked The Village. I loved Sixth Sense. I still, the twists, woo, love them. Um, and Splish this, and old as well. Yeah. Splish is one you forgot. I've actually forgotten about. I only saw it there. Splish has the James Scottish McAvoy. actor, yeah. yeah. And old came out COVID times. COVID times, so yeah. not really much chatter about it. That, that was, it was a bit like the it's the beach where you grow old. Yeah, really weird premise. A bit like this. Talk yeah. us through this quickly. Uh, bearing in mind, we're going to chat two movies today. Yeah. So Jonathan Groff 
aka Jesse St. James from Glee. That's how yeah. I always remember. I just keep calling him the Glee actor. And Ben and Aldridge. he came late to Glee as well. He wasn't there from the start. He was there from like season season two, I'd say. Okay. Um. Then Ben Aldridge is 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 father number two, and then Kirsten Quee plays Wen, which is the daughter. Mm. And they are a nice trip in a cabin in the woods, mm-hmm. which is normally the prevence, pre- premise oh, for terrible a, a terrible ta- yeah. terrible time. Yeah, never ever going to go on holiday what to a cabin in the thinking? woods. And they're there enjoying the time when play is the little girl. She's collecting some grasshoppers. Classic. Who shows up? Dave Batista. Happens, do you know? That's Dave Batista. Yeah, the main guy. Wow. The big guy. Yeah. And uh, basically, Dave Batista and his three colleagues, one of them is played by Rupert Grint, who is, of course, Ron Weasley, who is, uh, that's the one, they're, they're the only two that I knew going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically are, are honestly quite polite. They're not actually threatening them at all as such. But that makes it more sinister. It kind of does. Mm. Basically, the, between the two dads and the daughter, they have to choose which one of them is going to die mm-hmm. to prevent the apocalypse from happening and everyone in the world dying. Mm-hmm. And they would survive. So that's the thing. The three of them would survive the apocalypse, but everyone else in the world would die and they'd be able to witness it all. Wow. So that was the premise, right? So it's like, do you save just your family or do you kill everybody else? Yeah. Terrifying. There you go. Yeah. But it's a case of everything like you think this is quite a threatening thing. Is that it was actually quite polite. They were like, please, please what choose? And if you say no, every time you do, one of the four of them will have to die. Okay. And then like if they like they, they say no, somebody dies. Like like they the between the four kill one of one of the four. And then something on, they put on the telly, something ap- apocalyptic happened. The first thing of the apocalypse that they said. Okay. And everyone, they're just like, this is not real. It's a joke. They find everything that you think, oh, this is why it's 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 fake or whatever. They point out and then they, they gradually get their, gradually, the whole premise is the four people that come in have to try and make them realize that they have to prevent the apocalypse. Okay. All right. And many jump scares in it? Uh, not really. It's not really like a jump scare type movie. It is kind of a, a quite a tense movie if I was going to describe it okay. like that. But like it's you're on the side of this is not real. This is a this is a movie. Obviously, there's going to be something of like it's all fake or whatever. But obviously, it's a thing of they have to be persuaded. The persuasion is honestly the majority of the story. Okay, uh, let's black pudding it while we move on to something completely different. Yes. What did you think? I gave it like a seven out of ten, okay. and I went with my friend Josh, what? and he he gave it an eight out of ten. Okay, and what's it missing for those three gone? It it was. I kind of saw where I was going. Okay. Very early on. All right. Which is so typical, you, Brian yeah, Griffin. Okay, let's move on to something completely different. This is Puss in Boots. Let's give it its full title: Puss in Boots: The Last Witch. It's the sequel to the spin-off Puss in Boots. Antonio Banderas is Puss, and Salma Hayek is back as Kitty Softpaws again. Let's have a quick listen. I like this so quirky. Why are you laughing at me now? You've lo- <laughs> you just when you over you say things like Kitty Softpaws. I'm you know I know you've no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and boots you died i have nine lives and how many times have you died already uh no boots and boots doesn't need a spotter watch uh-huh. watch a guy always lands on his feet watch you are down to your last life mama luna's always on the lookout for a new lap cat i am no lap cat i am pussy boots not anymore Meow. Okay, <laughs> there you go. That is Puss in Boots, and it is the sequel to the one which is about eleven years old now, and it's called Puss in Boots. 
the last wish, which I presume is the last time we hear from this. Well, potentially, but more importantly, Orla just dropped a bombshell on me there that she's never seen a Shrek movie. Just never. casually, never seen a Shrek movie. Yeah, I, I really think I'm a little bit anti-establishment. I've never seen a Harry Potter. Never seen is a Shrek Harry Potter movie? No, never, never. Orla, this is insane. No, I've never seen a Rambo. <laughs> That's okay, Rambo is like an odd one, but... Never seen a Rocky. I've seen loads of police academies. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't... Honestly, the Shrek thing, like the Toy Story... Never Mad. seen the Toy Story. The Harry Potter, insane. The Shrek is literally incom- inconceivable to me. Shrek Two is my favorite movie of all time. Anyway, speaking okay. of Shrek Two, yeah, this is a character from Shrek Two. That's where he was. Introduced. I know all about these characters, even That's though I've good. never seen a thing. Yeah, so, so Antonio Banderas. Basically, he's on. He's after. He's lived like cats have nine lives. Simple premise. Basically, he's just after using up his eighth one. He okay. has one life le- left. And he's basically realised that he's not invincible anymore. Okay. And it's the whole thing of they must get, they must get the map to get to this last wish when a shooting star falls, and they must make a wish on the shooting star. Right. And he wants to have his lives back. Oh. And it's it's actually quite a like an insane story, but it's actually quite like human. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is is insane because we've. So while we've put some boots and Kitty Softpaws and then Perito, they're all kind of one team. Mm-hmm. We've Goldilocks played by Florence, Florence Pugh. Okay. And then Mama Bear played by Olivia Coleman and Papa wow. Bear played by Way, Ray, Ray Winston. Okay, big cast. And then Jack Horner as well is there played by John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. So like, there's like a lot of people trying to go after this, this star because they right. all have the map. And it's literally a case of they're all trying to get their wish and each one of them have their own wish but at the same time there's a wolf pursuing Puss and he, he's basically trying to take the last life from Puss as well. <gasps> Why? Because he's sick of the way he's wasted his other lives. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's more to him than that, but I'm not going to give it away. Okay, don't. Orla, you're not going to go see this and it's heartbreaking <laughs> to me. This was like a visually stunning movie. In what way? Like the way they did the animation. They, like, there's a lot of animated movies that are just made like animated versions of like realistic movies. Mm-hmm. Whereas this was made like it's animated like they couldn't have made it real do you know I mean there's there's the way they did the motion and stuff they couldn't have done it in real life and that's kind of the way it should be ever since Spider-Verse in, in 2018 which I'm, I know you're going to tell me you haven't seen have you yeah, yeah classic um, animation has kind of gone through this kind of renaissance, renaissance of just like going crazy with it absolutely just going wild Okay. if you can get like comedy or whatever out of it in any way use it and uh, they just really really did that it's fantastic Okay, good stuff. Let's black pudding. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. So I'm giving it like a 9 out of 10. Okay, good stuff. So that made you a happy camper as a Shrek fan? Yeah, it was a great addition to the franchise. Does Shrek, Shrek ever left, let you down? Uh, Shrek the Third wasn't great, but it's still still okay. Still up there. Okay, so 9 out of 10 for Puss in Boots, The Last Wish and a 7 out of 10 for Knock at the Cabin. Two movies to check out this week, both vastly different. Brian, thanks a million. No bother at all. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103.